Welcome to Prayers for Your Day. This is Danita, and today is Friday, July the 9th, 2021. As always, I give thanks to God for you, for what he is doing in your life and in the life of your loved ones, the people, places, and things that are divinely connected to you for such a time as this. Truly, um, I give glory, honor, and praise. I consider it a privilege um, to pray with you and for you Monday through Friday between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. Within that hour block, you should hear my voice. If for whatever reason you don't pray for me, because usually that means that something has gotten in the way. So I believe that that just might be your opportunity to lift me up in prayer. I need prayer. My family needs prayer. You know what I mean? My city, my state needs prayer. You know, so lift me up uh, and let's continue to pray for one another. The Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Righteousness means just being in right standing with God. You have a you live a lifestyle of repentance. You make it a priority to spend time with God daily throughout your day, cultivating your relationship with him, that you are determined not to be the same person on today that you were on yesterday. So if you said something on yesterday, you're trying not to to say or do that same thing again. If you did something on yesterday, you're trying to clean up what you messed up. So the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That doesn't mean, again, that God doesn't hear the prayer of others, but it just says that your prayers, he's attuned to your voice because he's he's used to being in conversation with you, okay? So I say that to you, but I don't want to get into that because I could just talk about that all day. I get excited talking about God because I know what God has done for me. There's nothing like you know when you know what you know what you know, and I get excited when um, I've prayed about a thing, and God has answered my prayer. I get excited about that. I know I probably wasn't the only one praying. God has intercessors, watchmen, and women on the wall all over the world. But just to be a part of that, just to be a part of that unity where God has to command the blessing because that's what his word says, then you know what? I get excited about what God is doing. So on this week, we've been praying according to 2 Samuel chapter 1. I pray that you have listened to that word and or you've read that word and that you've listened to it and or read it over and over and over again. Because even though we don't live in the same time frame as things were happening, you know, in those days, there are principles for us to extract from the text. Somebody might say, well, how can you say we can extract that principle? When we're driving cars, you know, pretty soon we'll be flying cars, it looks like. Cars are driving on their own, and back then they had to walk, or they were, you know, riding on camels. How can you say when things are so different? Because guess what? It's not necessarily about what's happening. It's about the God we serve. God is the same God from Genesis to revelation, and the Word of God tells us that he's no respecter of persons. You know, on Fridays, we do things a little bit differently, so I get to talk a little bit. On Fridays, he is no, I mean, on Fridays, every day, the Word says that he is no respecter of persons. So what God is able to do 
go in hospice and the doctor is basically counting them out, guess what? He's the same God that can say, come on out of, ho- uh, come on out of hospice. He's that same God. He's the same God when they say, well, you don't, you don't have a degree, so we can't pay you this amount, but we're going to have to start you off with minimum wage, but yet you walk away and you praying and you asking God, and before you know it, you get a call from maybe another company that you applied for weeks ago or years ago, and they say, hey, we are in need of, of some help, and I know you need this salary, and we are going to exceed your expectations. He's the same God. He is the same God. He is the same God that when Abraham and Sarah could not conceive and they had given up all hope, he showed up and said that you're going to conceive even in their old age when it looks impossible. He is the God of the impossible. He's the same God, y'all. He is the same God. He is the same God. So as we talk about Second Samuel chapter 1, we talked about questions that we need to ask when people enter our life, especially in the latter part of our life when we're asking God to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. When we are declaring and decreeing that our latter shall be greater, then we have to be ready for promotion. Remember, we have to be ready for promotion. And in that, promotion draws, right, promotion draws people to you. It could be a financial advancement. It could be a new position. It could be a promotion in the ministry. I don't care, but see, God is the one that brings about promotion, and promotion draws enemies. Promotion draws haters. So everyone that tries to get close to you, we need to understand that it's okay to ask some questions. So we saw David ask lots of questions, and we saw David repeat some questions to seek clarity. It's okay to get clarity for people who want to be a part of your life. Okay? It's okay to do that. Then we, we prayed about touching, not touching God's anointed. We have to be careful about who and what we put our mouth on. We don't know what God is doing in someone else's life. Saul was, Saul was, he was awful to David. It didn't start that way, but we know that jealousy set in. And when, and when Saul started hearing the accolades, and I, and I'm, paraphrasing this, what was it, I think David killed, you know, killed thousands, thousands, like hundreds or something to that, I'm paraphrasing, go back and read it for yourself, but whatever the case may be, comparison and competition are dangerous, comparison and competition are dangerous, and so even though Saul requested that the Amalekite kill him, David said, what made you comfortable touching God's anointed? And we have to ask ourselves, when we put our mouths on people's marriages, when we put our mouths on people's financial situation, when we put our mouths on people's children, when we put our mouths on a lot of these pastors and preachers and what we say we think they should be doing and what they should 
talk about today, and I've got about seven minutes to do it, 15 minutes or less, y'all, that is the goal, um, is that at the end of that chapter, Second Samuel chapter 1, as mean as Saul was to David, David had a lament for Saul and Jonathan. Now, you know he loved Jonathan, but let me just say this. i got to read some of it to you. I'm not going to read all of it so you can catch it. Verse 17, David took up his lament concerning Saul and his son Jonathan, and he ordered that the people of Judah be taught this lament of the bow. A gazelle lies slain on your heart, on your heights, Israel, how the mighty have fallen. Let's listen to the adjectives of how he describes Saul and Jonathan. We know he loves Jonathan, and we know he loves Saul. But Saul didn't have the same type of love for David. He tried to kill him multiple times. Then, in verse number 20, it says, Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines be glad, uncircumcised rejoice, then it goes on and on and on. But then he says, from the blood of the slain, verse 22, from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan, in life they were loved and admired. And in death, they were not parted. They were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. So he goes on to describe them as strong, stronger than lions, right? He compares them swifter than eagles, calling them swift, right? And he's saying in life, they both were loved and admired. Now, you quit thinking like, David, what are you talking about? This man tried to kill you multiple times, and now you want everybody to to weep for this man, and you're describing him in that way? You're describing the king in that way? And then he says, daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery. So not only is he talking about uh, Saul, but he's reminding others about, you know, how Saul treated them. And can I tell you, we need to reflect on this weekend. We need to reflect on this weekend. And I, and then he ends it by saying this, 27, how the mighty have fallen, the weapons of war have perished. Again, he calls Saul mighty. When he talks, he talks about um, them both, then he, he spends some time talking about just David, then he spends some time talking about just Jonathan, uh, just Jonathan, but then he brings it back together to them both, and he calls them mighty. <sighs> There's so much we can learn from this. See, when we the the Bible tells us to to pray to bless those who curse you, and pray for those who despitefully use you. I may or I might have that um, switched. But nonetheless, God calls us to be a blessing to them. David understood that was that what what was going on with Saul. He knew he knew more about Saul that meets the eye. 
and go back and read uh first sam yeah first samuel there is so much more to people that meet the eye you know Saul changed for the worse but the bible also tells us that god sent that spirit upon Saul but because of Saul's disobedience that wasn't original how things played out you know ultimately God has a plan but how things played out originally that wasn't originally God's in, intention but God said all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose Saul's disobedience created a shift in what was happening. And so the Bible tells us that God was the one that sent that spirit on Saul that resulted in him trying to, that jealousy and, and all of those things that we saw in terms of how he treated David. But yet one of the things that happened is that David never changed. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. See, there are relationships in our lives that we will have, and people will change. And I'm I'm sure in Saul's mind, um, and I'll have to go back and look, that Saul probably maybe thought, oh, David's stealing himself. He's getting a little bit arrogant, right? You know, when... It wasn't David, it was Saul. David didn't have the issue, Saul did. But because David knew the before Saul and the after Saul, he still loved Saul. He still honored Saul. And if Saul would have changed his ways, um, David would have probably continued to serve serve Saul because he kept going back trying to serve Saul until finally it's like, you know, I, 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 this ain't working. But at the end, un, even unto death, ooh, hear me clearly, even unto death, David was committed to Saul and the bloodline of Saul, because Jonathan was David's son. And Jonathan and David remained in covenant, even through the ups and downs of David and Saul. So here's what I'm going to put on your mind for this weekend, because I'm a little bit over 15 minutes. Who have got, who has God called you to be in covenant relationship? that when the death of the relationship occurred, you threw them under the bus. You got excited about their downfall. You got excited about their struggles. You were glad that they were going through. See, the flip side of that, this, is David could have been like a lot of us, and I've been guilty of it, let's be real. You know, somebody mistreats us, does us wrong. And then when things happen in their life, we're like, good, that's what they deserve. They they were horrible. They did this, they did that, they did this. But in this passage, hmm, 
through the living word, we understand that that's really not how God calls us to operate, not how God calls us to 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 move. In this, God, I mean, in this, David still gives Saul his flowers. He still gives him a proper burial by asking people to lament, to grieve for to grieve for Saul and Jonathan. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to have uh, the Amalekite uh, killed. He was bringing him the stuff that's like, hey, the king is dead, here you go. But he honored the commitment. And can I tell you that in this time, in, in this time in uh, this world, we, we have forgotten uh, what it is to honor and be committed to friendships, we have forgotten what it means to honor and be committed to relationships because guess what? Even if you're not married, if you have committed yourself to a woman um, or a man, um, then you should honor that commitment until you get married. You shouldn't be out here, you know, testing the waters with everybody else. Trying to, trying to see if the grass is greener on the other side. And we sure as heck don't honor marriage anymore. But this is an example of what it means to be um, to be in, in, a, in a relationship that you are committed to until the very end, even when the person mistreats you, even when the person talks about you, even when the person gives up on you, you don't have to give up on them. David wasn't in his face, no, but he honored him, even unto death. Think about maybe where you dropped the ball. I'm not saying call the person, start hanging out with them again, da da, da because if the individual is toxic, as we say now, we know that Saul was toxic, then space is good. <laughs> but you don't have to run their name in the ground. You don't have to dog them out to other people. You don't have to tell everybody what happened. You know, um, honor them. And God will honor you because that's what he does. God is the one that sits down kings and raises up others. That's what the word says. God is the one that brings about promotion. And so every time we put our mouth on somebody, we jeopardize all of what God has for us because we don't understand that this person is anointed by God. Even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it, even if we don't have any evidence of it, that's not for us to, to figure out. That's for God to do. As, as old preachers used to say, it's tight, but it's right. I love you all. Have an awesome day. Have an awesome weekend. Be blessed. Bye-bye.